Hello everyone, this is Chad and I'm here with, Z- with Zick and you're here for another episode of Zick and Wick. We're going to be talking about The Mandalorian Season 2 Episode 5. We start off and we do not see The Mandalorian. It's, it's, it's immediate suspense. We don't know what's going on. A fortified city is under siege by somebody. Huh? Zick, who is that we see? Is that Miss Ahsoka Tano? Uh, as we've discussed for a couple weeks now, we anticipated that we were going to be seeing Ahsoka in this episode, uh, and it, it, it is exactly what we anticipated. We are finally meeting the live-action version of Ahsoka Tano. Yeah, we knew she was coming in this episode, so it was hard to be surprised. Like, episode three, I was surprised when Bo-Katan showed up. I was even surprised when they did the name drop of Ahsoka. But this episode, with No and Dave, was was directing and writing it. We knew Ahsoka was showing up. But the manner that where they just got right into it, they didn't mess around at all. It was first thing you see is white white uh, lightsabers uh, blazing around. I it was a cool way to start the episode. There was no I I, I like the no messing around. I like, yep, this is what you guys are getting. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And I did not expect that at all. So that was yep. good. This iteration of Ahsoka is a bit older, wiser, and clearly more measured. She's no longer that adolescent that I'm familiar with from Clone Wars. Uh, she She's changed significantly. What has Ahsoka been through to get her to this point? Well, I mean, just think about life. I mean, she was 14 to 16-year-old when we saw her in Clone Wars. I mean, she's in her, uh, if you're going by the timeline, she's in her early to mid-40s at this point. But we do see a version, a uh, older, wiser version of her in Rebels, where she is exactly what you said. She's more stoic. She's more measured she's not the brash little teenager that you see she's also been separated from Anakin for a long time at this point which a lot of the brashness she learned was from him so she's she's gotten away from that so she really she's changed a lot since clone wars she's changed a little bit since rebels she's still this she still seems very similar to that character that we've last saw in rebels but yeah i mean she's just She's an old veteran. She's not messing around anymore. You can tell that from this opening scene. Yeah, and despite going through everything that she's gone through, the Clone Wars and and the 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 substance of Rebels, she still appears to be a good guy. She's definitely battle hardened and is not messing around, but is clearly fighting for good. Yeah, she is trying to save the city. We do find out later it's a little bit of an ulterior motive saving the city. She's after some information, but she's taking down a group of bad guys that are dressed up like stormtroopers, even though they're not stormtroopers. She's going after somebody who helped the Imperials rise to power. So she's going after the quote-unquote bad guy, even, even at this point. Given her characteristics and how she presents herself in this episode... She kind of strikes me as uh, a lone wolf, and I feel as though she will wind up a permanent loner. Either that or she, there's nothing good in her future. <laughs> yeah, but she, I, I agree. She's She's been a more or less loner. She has no issues with teaming up with other good guys. She did so in Rebels. Obviously, she was a Jedi, so she did it during that time. But she has been on her own for a long time, and they, they explore that a little bit in the final season of Clone Wars that just came out earlier this year. She is out on her own doing her own thing, but she will team up with good guys for good causes 
when she feels it is the right thing to do. So she doesn't have any issues with that. And then also going kind of what you said, something potentially bad happening to her. If you go back to the Rise of Skywalker, she does, her voice does show up as one of the voices that Rey hears. All those other Jedi that she hear, that she, that Rey hears are dead. So, I mean, that is 25 years after this episode. So, I mean, that's a, that's a long time. So lots of things Mm -hmm. can happen in in that time. So, but you could be, could be absolutely right. There could be something not good coming to her rise, uh, coming to her fairly soon. Ahsoka is in a position where she's on her own and she could take a similar path to Mando where he becomes more a, um, a part of the society joins the community but this is actually the opposite it feels as though she's going from being a part of a team to kind of being on her own and that's what leads me to think that you know there's not a there's not a happy ending in store for Ahsoka she may accomplish her mission but she's going the way of the lone wolf and uh and kind of getting a it's a little ahead in the episode but at the very end of the episode she tells she tells Mando to take baby Yoda to uh, Tython to basically find a, it'll help him reach out to other Jedi. If she really wanted to be teamed up with other Jedi, she could do that herself. She'd probably easily find Luke at this point, who's, if if sure. we're going based on what we're, what we've seen in the flashbacks from the new movies, he's probably establishing his new Jedi order at this point. So if she really wanted to be part of the team again, she knows she could, but she, it's it's pretty apparent she doesn't want to be. She just wants to do her thing and help people the way she wants to help them. Star Wars characters associated with the light have typically been part of the Jedi Order. We typically don't see Force users on the light side other than Jedi. Whereas, because of the rule of two, there are various warring factions of dark side users besides just the Sith. Can you talk about non-jedi light side force users do they exist or do we just not see no, them? we we do they there's lots of jedi that lead the order uh just because they have disagreements with the order in general one of them i mean count dooku is a good example i mean he does become a sith eventually but he's he leads the order because he disagrees with them there's lots of books and lots of canon stuff where qui-gon was most light was kind of going that route he's kind of a gray jedi he didn't agree with everything they did he was kind of leaning towards leaving them. In in Legends, there's always talk about Grey Jedi. There's the guys that want to do good, but don't necessarily agree with how the Jedi Order does it. All the They find the Jedi Order very dogmatic in the way they approach things. And that's kind of where I see Ahsoka. She, she has a good heart. She knows good from bad, but she also disagrees with the way Jedi go about some things. And she has no, she has, especially at this point, because it's so, she's so far separated from the Jedi, she has no problem calling them out on it. You might even, you might even call Luke a, a great Jedi at the end of his, because he realizes all the faults that sure. Je, the, the Jedi had, and that's why he didn't want to bring them back. So it is kind of a interesting storyline that they do weave into the new, the sequel trilogy with Rey, how she's, she's kind of this new version of a Jedi where she's, She's yes, she is a good person. She's on the light side, but she's not going to do it the old way. I'm largely happy with this incarnation of Ahsoka. She looks like Ahsoka, clearly. She has some of the same mannerisms. Rosario Dawson is a little bit stiff. She she still has 
an opportunity to grow into the role. I hope that Rosario has the opportunity to build upon this performance because I could definitely see a character arc specifically for Ahsoka in the future. And I, I think this episode, there's just so many questions it opens up. I don't think they're going to be able to tackle all the questions in this series. There's going to be a spinoff series, whether it's a uh, live action series, whether it's another animated series. Hopefully it stays live, live action um, that involves mm-hmm. Ahsoka, whether it's finding Thrawn or helping out Bo-Katan uh, liberate Mandalore or or just moving forward helping Mando and, and Baby Yoda slash Grogu on his, on his quest moving forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, in Rebels, I believe we last see Ahsoka with Sabine. Clearly, if Sabine is not in this episode, do we have an, uh, a gauge of where Sabine might be or what might have happened to her? Uh, that's a good question. I don't. We don't really know at this point. It has been nine years since the end of since the Rebels season finale when we see Ahsoka or see Sabine leaving with Ahsoka at that to go find Ezra and and Thrawn. So who knows? Maybe they found him at this point and they became separated. Maybe they're still looking for Ezra. Maybe they somehow they've gotten word of Thrawn being in charge. So that means if Thrawn's if they can find Thrawn, they can find Ezra. But yeah, we're not really sure how her and Sabine become separated. Maybe they're maybe they're divide and conquering. Maybe they're still in contact and they're just searching in different parts of the galaxy. Uh, we really don't know, but that's that's part of the beauty of this episode is how many questions it opens for future storylines. Yeah, I'm a, this seems to be something that can't have been forgotten about. This this has to be intentional. Sabine is a Mandalorian. There's you know the Mandal the Mandalorian Din Djarin is a Mandalorian clearly. So we're gonna have to address this in some form or another, or maybe. Uh, John and 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 Filoni are, are saving this for future episodes of The Mandalorian. It just seems like something too big to be to be skipped yeah, over. Yeah, and I, I've heard this on a couple other, whether it's YouTube videos or Redden reviews. They call it the Filoni verse at this point. It's like his Star Wars. It's where the Skywalker saga was was George Lucas's story. Dave Filoni seems like he's creating this whole thing that's kind of wrapped around the world of clone world clone wars and rebels and now mandalorian and it seems like they're all going to connect which i personally love I, I love it when stuff like that connects it makes you like this was just a big payoff episode for anybody who's followed those properties over the last 12 years and it gives you more hope that there's going to be even more payoff episodes coming soon to answer more questions that were left in those other series or in this series very excited for that the things that we discussed are really broader points on Ahsoka but going back to the actual substance in the story of this episode there are three big things that we learn in this episode one is that Ahsoka can communicate with baby Yoda and as you mentioned we find out his name is Grogu Grogu I'm (laughs) struggling to say this name I don't know how anyone else says it so easily but I, I have I have a hard time saying Grogu um I'm not sure how I feel about that name. Um, we've gone from having no name for this this person to everyone informally calling him Baby Yoda to calling him the, the child and now going to Grogu. I, I guess we needed to give him a name, but 
I, I'm a little mixed about it, but it's fine. It's kind of cute. Yeah, I mean, the, the name is fine. I, what I more got out of that, of Ahsoka communicating with him, is she got his backstory, or at least a piece of his backstory, that he was actually at the Jedi Temple in Coruscant. He was somehow hidden, or for some reason hidden, once the Empire rose. One of the more interesting questions is, okay, he was around when... Yoda and Yaddle were around. Is this is this their kid? I mean, there's that very mm-hmm. there's that very uh, real possibility because we haven't seen this species anywhere else. So maybe it's such a rare species that they, even if they didn't like each other, they knew if they wanted to keep the species going, they had to do something. And if if Baby Yoda or Grogu was at the Jedi Temple in Coruscant, Yoda and I'm not sure where Yaddle pops up but yoda has to have known about his, his existence yep, that's exactly right uh, now i don't know if yoda at the end of his life in uh return of the jedi knows knows that he's still alive and he probably can't sense him through the force because they do go through that grogu is cut himself off from the force in order to basically in order to hide from anybody he knows people are hunting the jedi so he's already he's cut himself off mm. to make it harder to, to make himself harder to find in the episode, Ahsoka is, as we discussed, laying siege to this occupied town of Caladan. She's laying siege because she needs to find, she needs some information from the magistrate who is ruling over this city. I say occupied, but we're not sure how it came to be under control of the magistrate. If that happened during the Empire's reign or if this happened subsequent to it. Do we know who this person is and their current relationship to the Empire? I'm not sure what the title of Magistrate means, but we've seen a couple Magistrates pop up specifically within the Mandalorian. Series. Right, yeah, I think uh, Grief Karga's Magistrate of the planet is escaping me right now, but the planet that they usually go to. No, we don't know anything about her. I mean, we just know what Ahsoka tells us, um, that she she was from a world that was basically devastated by the clone wars her whole family was killed so her revenge is she's trying to get back at the the people that took away her family and she does this i guess her constructive way of doing this is by building uh weapons for war and making money off that and rising to power through that so we really don't know anything more than what than what ahsoka tells us in the episode well, I'm curious if we'll find out more information and get a better bearing on who all these Empire sympathizers are and their relationships between one another. Uh, because we clearly have some remnants of the Empire still going around. Moff Gideon is still you know, seemingly a very powerful person. I wonder who knows whom in that Side of the that world. is a very good question. There's a there's a lot of connections they can potentially make, but yeah, it's going to be fun finding out who who's connected to who. Uh, so the next big big beat from the story is the reveal that Ahsoka is hunting for Thrawn. This is the thing that she wants to find out from the magistrate. Apparently, he survived all this time. Uh, we've talked about seeing Thrawn last with Ezra. Uh, do you have any predictions on what happened to him and how he's separate from everybody else and what um, the relationship between the Magistrate and Thrawn is? Um, that's a good question. Now, if you go back to the Legends books, the Heir to the Empire books, it's the it's what was like the sequel trilogy of books after Return of the Jedi that came out 
think it was either the late 80s or early 90s, but it was kind of the what got all the Star Wars fans through the dead years. Thrawn was the main guy. Thrawn was the he was he he wasn't the the emperor, but he was he was kind of the big bad. He's the Vader of that series. It almost seems like they're trying to establish with the disappearance of the empire. Now, not the disappearance, but with them leaving to the unknown regions and the galaxy being basically just the new republic. They could be setting up Thrawn as the big bad in the main Star Wars galaxy for this time between when the Empire is in power and when the First Order is in power. As far as what happened to him, I mean, at the end of Rebels, Thrawn and Ezra are basically taken away in Thrawn's Star Destroyer. The, the space whales come. The space whales can travel through hyperspace. They latch onto the ship and take Ezra and Thrawn away. We have no idea where they go. I would think wherever they take them, I mean, first of all, that they can survive in hyperspace without a functioning ship is kind of impressive. But once they get wherever they're going, I would have to guess Ezra and Thrawn kind of have to work together a little bit to figure out how to get out of whatever situation they're in. Maybe they work together for a while. Then they, once they are saved or once they get a firm footing somewhere, they could either become separated, Thrawn could turn on Ezra. Who knows what what happened? Like I said, there's nine years in between, so it's really, it's not like there's just a year in between. There's a lot of stuff that could happen in that nine years that could bring Thrawn back into power in the main galaxy. Very, very intrigued to see what comes about, whether that's in this series or another series. It, it, something's getting set up, and we are definitely going to see the next steps in that story. So that said, this episode kind of felt like a standalone episode of The Mandalorian, but it had much broader connections and significance for the Star Wars universe as a whole, making it very cool. I'm kind of curious how less nerdy fans of Star Wars felt about it, but the lightsaber fights within the episode were outstanding and very cool onto themselves, regardless. Much different from what we've been seeing within The Mandalorian, because we really have been left without much lightsaber action. Yeah, this is, besides the Darksaber, this is the first we've seen. And I did watch with, with my wife. She hasn't watched any Rebels. She hasn't watched, she's watched a little bit of Clone Wars. Just, I showed her a few things to introduce her to Ahsoka. But yeah, she didn't get the same. Like, this wasn't an all-time great episode of TV to her. She thought it was really cool. Mm. She thought the story was cool. She thought she liked the, the kind of Western samurai angle. She liked the lightsaber fights, but it didn't have the same connective tissue that it had for me or you. Mm -hmm. So uh, I am a bit disappointed that it looks like Ahsoka won't be around for the rest of of the Mandalorian and and Grogu's story. They definitely have invested in the character that we saw. And we obviously, I, I obviously think that we'll be seeing Rosario and Ahsoka in the future. Just hope that it's sooner rather than later. Yeah, me too. I, I liked her. I liked her in this role. Um, I thought she, I thought she fit pretty well. I thought she represented an, an older version of Ahsoka very well. So we've got three more episodes in the season, and we there's a few things that we know are left to be tied off. One, we know Moff Gideon has this militia of dark troopers. We don't know what they are and what his goals are so that needs to be resolved we have grogu and his development 
and whether or not Grogu is going to remain with the Mandalorian. That's another thing that needs to be tied off. And then we also have what probably will be a series-long arc of Bo-Katan and the return to Mandalore and the the um, taking back of Mandalore. I don't know if we're going to get to do all of these things in the last three episodes, but I think it we are getting a lot of series-wide story arcs that were going to be addressed in the long run yeah and i for the last one it is called the mandalorian i think when they wrote this they even though they were going to weave in all these other threads from rebels and clone wars i think they ultimately probably did want to concentrate on getting back to mandalore how they were going to reestablish it so i really I don't again, like you said, I don't know if they how many of these questions they can answer in the last three episodes, but I think as an overall series, I wouldn't be surprised if the final say in season five or six or seven or whatever it is is a big war for Mandalore at the end, with Bo Katan being a, a big key figure in that. I think that's a pretty safe prediction. Um Moff Gideon, I I bet he shows up in sometime in the next three episodes. Yeah, he's he's got to sure. be one big thing. I would be curious to see if they stick with two very um, Jedi centric episodes in a row. If they go straight to straight to Tython for Grogu to basically reach out in the Force to see if he can find any other Jedi. I would I'd be surprised because it seems like they don't stick on one main kind of theme from one episode to the other. It's like almost like a theme to theme. So they may wait an episode or two for that. They may not even do it this season. What I am curious about that episode is when Grogu does go reach out with the Force and tries to find a Jedi, who exactly he finds. There's there's a few good candidates right now in this time frame. One is, one we already talked about is Ezra, if he's still alive with Thrawn. One potential, which I don't love the idea, but it could happen, is is Luke. I don't... I'd kind of like to stay. I'd, I'd, I'd almost like the setup of the Filoni-verse better. I don't know if I want to see them weaving in the Skywalker saga with this. I'd rather keep mm-hmm. them separate at this point. The other interesting one is, this would be a little bit of a stretch. I'd be surprised if they did this, but um, the from uh, Jedi Fallen Order, Cal Kestis, the main character from the, the video game, that was right after the Empire kind of rose to power. He could potentially still be alive. I'm sure there's other Jedi out there that made it through to this point, but those are kind of the ones we know about up to now. I think one thing that's out there is Moff Gideon is tracking the location of the Mandalorian and Grogu. So they may pop up in the next episode, whether that's in the beginning or the middle or the end. It's more likely to be the end, but... We know that Moff Gideon is going to pop back up, and it's not going to be because the Mandalorian is looking for him. It's going to be because Moff Gideon is looking for the yep. child. Um, for That's Grogu. a very good point. Yeah, so he, it could happen. Yeah, he time. could be. They could have full intentions of going straight to Tython, and they get de- derailed by Moff Gideon. That could that could easily happen in the next episode or two. Well, and then the other thing that could happen is. Uh, Grogu can reach out with the Force and try and reach out to other Jedi and make contact, but then they're under attack from Moff Gideon, and maybe they need to get some help from from the Jedi. That's entirely possible. We may see someone pop up and then... There is one other theory that I've heard out there that I thought was... It would be interesting. I think I'd be okay with it if it had happened. It would be a big name actor to get, but... 
Who knows if Mace Windu's still alive? You never actually oh. see him die. Oh my so. gosh. <laughs> yeah, that would be. I think people would be would have a really good time if Samuel L. Jackson showed up again. That would be it, amazing. It'd be uh, about the right age because I mean he should be. I mean, he was probably in his 40s, early 50s, so he's probably supposed to be around 70, 75 at this point. <laughs> which, is, which is about how old Samuel L. Jackson is. Okay, well, I'm crossing my fingers and hoping for that one. Okay, we know that there's three episodes left. We don't know who is going to be directing or writing all of those episodes, but I have done some research, and we do know that Rick Famuyiwa wrote and will probably direct episode seven. Last season, he directed two episodes and got a shared writing credit on episode six. I'll try not to read into too much of what that means for episode seven of this year, but he is one of the few carryovers from season one. So I don't know if there's going to be some tie-ins to last season. I'm hoping it's not a bottle episode like the prison episodes from last year. I think we need to maintain some momentum. But Rick has done, he did two episodes last year. One was the second episode uh, called The Child, which was a very good one. I think that was the mud ho- Mudhorn episode in addition to the prison episode. Yeah, and I think, um, and I know that Robert Rodriguez is still sp- supposed to direct an episode. I doubt he's directing the finale. I feel like I read somewhere that John Favreau's directing the finale. So I think, it, I think Robert Rodriguez will be next. And he's known for his horror and mach- like he's known for Machete. He's known for Sin City. He's known for Once Upon a yeah. Time in Mexico. He's done action too. Yeah. yeah, so you can definitely see some like film noir or or western or or some kind of. I almost the the episode that Peyton Reed directed, the Spider episode, that almost felt more like a horror Robert Rodriguez episode than a Peyton Reed episode to me. I was surprised when they said Peyton Reed directed that one. So who knows what the next one's going to be like? It could be any of those. Yeah, Robert Rodriguez has also done a lot of CGI, a lot of CG movies. I think, what was the name of Oh, Alita Battle Angel, he directed. Yeah, you're right, he did. So, uh, he, he's he got a lot of different skill sets that he could be leveraging for his episode. So, a lot of faith in what he can do. Alright, Zach, I think that we covered everything. We, I think at some point we should probably do a standalone episode talking about Mandalore, the Civil War of Mandalore, every step along the way in the history of that planet and that city, because we are clearly going to return to it, and it's going to be a very important aspect of this show. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in Legends that talks about it in anything in canon, whether it's Clone Wars, whether it's Rebels, whether it's a a book or a comic it's more they just talk about what happened in the past they never they never really show it but yeah we can definitely put together something like what we know so far we're finding out more and more every not every week but every few episodes about mandalore i mean probably the biggest thing we got so far was that bo-katan episode so hopefully we get a little more of that moving forward yeah i would really like them to kind of pull on the strings of the whole him being part of the quote-unquote bad Mandalorians, the the Watch, where mm-hmm. Bo-Katan's more part of the the true Mandalorians, I guess. So I, I, I hope they keep going with that angle at some point. Yeah, they'll probably address it, and we know there's probably some 
some bad Mandalorians out there. At the end of this season, we're going to see Din Djarin take off his helmet willingly. And I think that's gonna that's his future. Yep, I think you're right. I think making the yep, choice. I think he's gonna. I think you're right. I think he's gonna fight with his helmet off. I wouldn't be surprised if the armor shows back up because she kind of seemed like she was the leader of that at least that clan of the Watch. So she could. Mm-hmm. She, I think I've mentioned this before. She could ultimately be a a quote unquote bad guy, but something. There's that's the that's what I really like about this this series this season so far is. It's answering a few questions, but it's asking a lot more questions. Now, let's hope they don't go the lost route and just ask so many questions that they can't answer them all or answer a good amount of them. Yeah. But I do like that yeah. they're setting up plenty of future storylines. Yeah, it definitely feels like we're setting up the good guys and the bad guys within Man- Mandalore, and that will be the long-term story for this show. Where Now, where Moff Gideon and the Darth Troopers fit into place i don't know remains to be seen but lots of lots of promise i also want one of the big questions after this episode i want to see if moff gideon's boss is thrawn that's that's one thing i'm curious to see very very curious all around all good stuff all right zach well thank you for your time another great episode of zick and wick and uh this is chad signing off see you next week